We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings in the Prophet, peace be upon him. So continuing Kitab Riyadh uh, al-Nafs, Disciplining the Soul. And on the TJ Winter translation, we are on page 13. Page 13. And then on the Sharif translation of the entire Ihya, we are on page 90. Okay, continue. The Narratives. Luqman the Wise once asked his father, Father, what is the finest single trait in a man? Religion, he replied. Then he asked, and what are the finest two traits? Religion and wealth, he said. And the finest three? Religion, wealth, and modesty. And if they, and if they should be four, religion, wealth, modesty, and good character. And if they should be five? And he replied, religion, wealth, modesty, good character, and generosity. And if they should be six, oh, my son, he replied, when these five traits come together in a man, then he is pious and pure, one of God's saints, and is quite, and is quit of Satan. Okay, and is what of Satan? Quit. Quit? Is quit of Satan, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so, so very good. So, so a little bit of background. Luqman, alayhi salam, there's a couple theories about, about, about his history, his story. One is that he's a person who has had a lot of interaction with prophets themselves. Okay. Uh, maybe his interaction with as many as thousands of prophets. Peace be upon them. Another, which seems to be less, is he may have been a prophet himself. Okay. Uh, another, which is actually the first narration about him that was taught to me, is that he was someone who had neither interaction with prophets nor interactions with believers. Mm-hmm. That he was a person on his own who developed an understanding of Allah, of the Day of Judgment, of character, of sabr, of calling to what is right, forbidding what is wrong, um, of modesty, all those things. In any case, he's often regarded as Luqman al-Hakim, Luqman the Wise. And we know him through all types of little stories like this, kind of like the way we know Aesop. Okay. So taking this piece by piece, he is speaking to his father. So one big point right there that can be easily missed is the relationship between the parent and the child. Right? When raising a child, you want to be such a parent that your child feels free in asking you questions. Okay. And, and that is actually harder than it seems. Right? You want to be a person, a child of someone who feels comfortable in asking your parents such and such questions. Okay. And that is also harder than it seems because our society is kind of like the inverse. Our society, you revere the child, but you kind of put, a, put to aside the elderly. Mm-hmm. Right? But Luqman had that relationship with his father, and then in Surah Luqman in the Quran, he's advising his own son. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the first best character is Iman. Okay, so if you had nothing else, all you had was Iman, what are we saying? That if you had nothing else to get you through life, then all you have is Iman. So he's asking essentially, what do I need to get through life? Okay. Next is Iman and wealth. Because if you if we we would kind of think it's strange that wealth is being mentioned second, mm-hmm. uh, but that is not Islamic. Uh, 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 the Islamic outlook that wealth is bad. Okay, if Allah is giving you wealth, that's a gift, right? Uh, to the point, like we often in our contemporary society, this doesn't come from within Islam; it comes from outside of Islam. We revere lack of wealth, but the issue should be you should revere someone who is not controlled by wealth. So you have one person who, let's say, has absolutely no money, okay? You have another person who's a billionaire. Uh, Which is the better Muslim? 
It doesn't wow. depend on how much wealth they have. It could be that the person who's a billionaire might go to the top level of paradise, and the person who has no wealth might go to the bottom level of hell, or the other way around. Mm -hmm. This is why I love the example of, of Uthman. Mm -hmm. May Allah be pleased with him. Because when we hear about Abu Bakr, he was super, super strict in terms of wealth. Right? If he had anything extra, even slightly, he'd give it away. Right? There's the famous story where, where Asma, you know, one of his daughters, was feeding them some food. And he thought, okay, something seems uh, luxurious about this. And so then, you know, he asked her, and I'm paraphrasing the story, you know, uh, how'd you get this? And she said, well, I saved up some of our extra food. And he says, okay, then, then cut down how much food we have. Mm -hmm. Right? So often we take that as a standard. That is one standard. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, Uthman, may I be pleased with him, was blessed with wealth upon wealth upon wealth. And he was so, such a high level, he married two of the prophet's daughters, peace be upon them, peace be upon him. He married one daughter, she died, and the prophet, peace be upon him, married him to another one of his daughters, mm -hmm. right? And he was super, super wealthy. And, and so the point is that um, to get through life, yeah, wealth is a good thing to have. And then modesty, right? And so one point to really take from this is that we would probably instinctively write faith and then modesty, mm -hmm. or faith and then good character and modesty. But no, it's very important that property is number two, Right? It is not wrong to be very, very wealthy in our tradition, and you are not of higher status if you have no wealth. Mm -hmm. If you have wealth, you might have more obligations, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this is a very, very important point. Okay, and modesty, that's pretty straightforward. Uh, how would you define modesty? Like the lack of a sense of showing off, whether yeah. it be with like your intellect, mm -hmm. your wealth, your beauty, uh -huh. um, like keeping it in check in a little uh -huh. bit. Yeah. Uh, so modesty is basically like you describe, it's like the opposite of the need to show off, right? And that's also different than humility. Mm -hmm. Humility in this context means you're not expecting people to treat you according to your status, Right. So let's say, okay, I'm professor. Mm -hmm. If I'm expecting you to treat me mm -hmm. and conduct yourself with me as professor, that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. But if I don't care mm -hmm. if you treat me with less, then that's humility. Mm -hmm. Right? So modesty, take it a step further, also includes the element of privacy. So modesty is also keeping private things private. Private things in terms of secrets, private things in terms of facts, private things in terms of, you know, our own physical features and stuff. That's modesty. So another way to think of modesty is that it's self-control. Which also leads to good character. So good character is also very important. And then the fifth is to be generous. So this, this statement is so nice. If you have all of these, you are a wali or waliya of Allah. Okay. Now wealth here again doesn't mean that you're a billionaire. Wealth here could mean sufficient, so you don't have to beg. Right? And so if you have all five of these, you're set. Okay? You'll be removed from shaitan. Okay, continue. Al-Hassan said, A man of bad character punishes his own soul. Okay. And think about that. <clears throat> think about someone who has an anger problem. 
They might cause suffering to the people around them, but the person who suffers most is themselves. You know, when you are suspicious of people, that's tearing you apart inside. Right? Um, and so if you're dishonest with people, a person who is dishonest tends to assume that other people are dishonest. A person who's dishonest tends to assume, whether they admit it or not, that other people are being deceitful or trying to take advantage or have ill will. So you are tormenting yourself. And this is like, you know, if you look at stories of people who just used to tell lies and lies and lies and lies, and then they come forward and tell the truth, they feel so relieved. It was really a, a movie about this called Quiz Show from about 20 years ago, based on a true story of this guy who came from a very prestigious family, and out of curiosity, he joined a game show, okay? And the game show people, to they wanted to raise their ratings. They were giving him the answers, mm. right? And pretending like um, he, he didn't have the answers, like he was just that smart. And then he became this gigantic celebrity, right? Meanwhile, someone else is investigating game shows just as part of government, you know, view of ethics of businesses and stuff like that. And little by little, he's beginning to figure out this one guy who's like this golden child might have been cheating, mm -hmm. right? And eventually, and I'm not really giving anything away, the movie's really good, um, eventually he admits it, admits it even to his own family. Mm -hmm. And then he just has this look of tremendous relief, right? I don't have to lie anymore, right? And this is not saying, you know, lie so you can feel good, obviously. This is not what we're saying. We're saying basically that if you can maintain integrity and honesty, internally, you will feel much better than the person who has bad character. So even forget Dean for a moment, if that's possible. It's just, it's just uh, healthier, mentally healthier, to be honest. Okay. Anas ibn Malik said, a bondsman can reach the very highest rank in heaven through his good character without being, much of, uh, without being a man of much worship and can reach the lowest region of Inferno through his bad character, even though he should worship abundantly. Look at how huge that is. Wow. You can be someone who is weak in your Salah, but your character is so strong, you can reach Jannat al mm. You can be someone who is super hardcore in your Salah, and yet go to the lowest level of hell. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty deep, huh? Yeah. You look like you're really like intensively processing all this much. <laughs> okay. well, that's how important character is. Said Yahya ibn Muadh. In an expansive, in an expansive character lie the treasure of provision. Okay, so this translation says there lies in the good character the abundance of sustenance. Now, what does this mean? <clears throat> if you have good character, it means you have the confidence that okay, if I tell the truth. I'm going to still be okay. Because that's why somebody lies. Mm -hmm. Somebody lies because they don't trust that they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So either they're lying so that someone gives them some reward, like you lie on your resume, mm -hmm. or they're lying to escape punishment. right? But then you have to remember your lie, which means you might have to create more lies to support it, which means you might have to create even more lies to, to support that, right? Mm -hmm. And so the point here is that... Um, if you keep good character, built into good character is the sense of trust. Mm -hmm. That I'm going to get through whatever I need to. That me dropping my character is a bigger loss than going to sleep for two days without food. 
me dropping my character is a bigger loss than me going to sleep without a roof on my head, right? Which means by definition, you have abundant sustenance. But then we might even read this more, that if you have good character, inshallah, Allah will give you sustenance. The man of bad character is like a piece of broken pottery, which can neither be patched up nor returned to clay. Okay, how would you explain that? What does that mean? Um, that if you've fallen into the cycle of bad character, mm -hmm. um, you can get to a point where you can neither redeem yourself mm -hmm. yeah. nor return to a state of neutrality or, yeah. good, or good character because I guess our default is good character. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so if you have bad character, you can reach a point of no return. And think about a broken pot. It doesn't give any benefit, right? And so you become a nuisance. Mm -hmm. You become a liability. And what's so strange is that in our society... There isn't, I mean, everyone respects good character, but we don't really give it that much appreciation. We're so used to people, you know, slacking off that some of this almost kind of loses its meaning. And, and the point is that as in our dean, we have to push having good character, which is also frightening because then you got to be careful about falling short. Like, you know, I think we talked about this before. The people who publicly start calling out things about morality and stuff, mm -hmm. it often turns out that they're the worst people, mm -hmm. right? And so, so the point is that we do really have to push, at least quietly, having good character. And here, these from a secular perspective, all the really bad things. If you have bad character, you're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. if, you had bad, if you have bad character, you might go to the lowest level of hell no matter how much you pray. If you have bad character, uh, if you have good character, you're going to have this abundance of sustenance. If you have bad character, you're, there's not going to be any benefit that comes from you. Okay. Said Fudail, yeah. the company of an irreligious man of good character is preferable to me that to that of an ill-natured man much given to worship. Yeah, same point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Who would you rather be with? Somebody who makes all their prayers, but, you know, they lie and they backstab? Or someone who may miss all their prayers, um, but they are upright. You know they're solid and upright. Right? Who's, yeah, it's obvious whose company you want to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Ibn al-Mubarak was once accompanied on a journey by a man of bad character and treated him with forbearance and politeness. When they parted, Ibn al-Mubarak wept. Upon being asked why he did so, he replied, I weep out of compassion for him. I have left him, but his character is still with him and has not departed from his company. Mm -hmm. So this, this is something that also takes great strength. This is related to generosity. So Ibn al-Mubarak is an interesting person because he, he speaks a lot about the journeys he's gone on. There's a very famous story about how he met this woman who had promised that every single sentence she would say is an ayah. Mm -hmm. So even if she's getting on a horse, she'd quote an ayah about, about lifting up mm -hmm. and, and such. And so he has a number of interesting stories like that. So here he is on a journey. And, and so here's a person with bad character. And then... He responds with kindness. You kill people with kindness. Right? And then he even cried for him. Mm -hmm. okay. And he's sad because, all right, this guy's always going to have his bad character. Mm -hmm. That's pathetic. So what is the point to think about? Um, you know, we dislike people who have bad character, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
we should pity them. Right. That's what he, he's literally crying for this person. I don't know how often we can bring ourselves to cry. In the same way you feel really sorry for someone who's suffering from disaster. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or someone who has lost all their wealth. Mm -hmm. You should also feel sorry for someone who has bad character. Because that's in a way the same thing. They have put themselves, for whatever reason, in a pathetic state. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to look at someone bad, uh, with a bad character and get really angry about them. Yeah. You know, why are you like this? Right? No, a better way is to pity that person. You know. Said Eljanaith, four things lift a man to the highest degree, even should his knowledge and works be insubstantial, forbearance, modesty, generosity, and good character. Okay. But, okay. Oh, there's one other part. Yeah. Um, by these things, faith is made complete. Okay. So what is the perfection of Iman? Another way to think about this, what is the manifestation of Iman? Mm -hmm. You should have good character. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you have Iman, it should result in good character. If you have Iman it should result in generosity. If you have Iman, it should result in being humble. And if you have Iman, it should result in being patient or overlooking the things that people do. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, and think about each of those. If I have Iman, then I know Allah's watching, so I should have good character. I know I have to face Allah on the Day of Judgment. If I have Iman, then I know Allah is going to reward me for everything that I do, and I should be grateful for all He's given me, so I should be generous. If I have Iman, I know that no matter how high my status is, there's always going to be someone higher. And if not, Allah made uh, mountains even higher. That's, you know, that's uh, one of our teachings. Or, you know, Allah Ta'ala is the true judge of someone's status. So a thousand people can, can compliment me. Mm -hmm. What really matters is my status with Allah. So I should have humbleness. And when someone is doing something wrong with me, I know it's a test from Allah. Right? Mm -hmm. To me. And so I should just let it pass. I mean, if someone's doing something wrong, you might have to act accordingly or to prevent someone from hurting themselves. But the default here is that, okay, I shouldn't get caught up in what people have done wrong with me. Good. Okay. Said Al-Khatani. Al-Khatani. Al-Khatani? Oh, you just said Khatani? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Probably a different yeah. manuscript. Yeah. Um, Sufism is good character. So anyone who improves your character has improved your Sufism also. Okay. So there's many definitions of what does it mean to be a Sufi. There it is right there, right? It's focused on good character. A lot of times people who identify as Sufi will focus on magical powers related to the unseen. Mm -hmm. And there are real things you can do in terms of uh, powers related to the unseen. That's real, okay? Some of those people are charlatans. Some of that stuff is real, mm -hmm. okay? But what is actually the essence of being a Sufi? It's being as perfect of a Muslim as you can be. That's what it means. It means focus on Ihsan. Mm -hmm. And what does that manifest as? It means good character. Okay. Said Umar, may God be pleased with him. Deal with the common people on the basis of good character and differ from them with your deeds. Okay. So what does that mean? Um, I think when he's saying common people, he's talking about just those. I, I, I feel like it depends on the audience. Sure. Um, so this is Omar. Mm -hmm. So he's one of the super sahabas. He may be the khalifa at this point. Yeah. And so mixed with the masses, how? Mixed with the masses? So deal with oh, the masses. Okay, gotcha. Um, I mean, I know there's, like, okay, we even say that, you know, the only thing that differs us in our, um, in our hierarchy or in our, like, according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is 
based on our deeds, right, mm -hmm. and our um, how upright we are. So mm -hmm. I guess that's what he's trying to refer to, mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, the thing that will distinguish you from others that mm -hmm. actually holds any meaning is your deed and... And how you interact with them character. is your manners. Yeah. Correct? So, uh, your good manners should lead you to interact with people appropriately. Right? And there's out of good manners, it means there's some things you're not going to respond to. Mm -hmm. Right? Out of good manners, it means there's some conflicts you're not going to get into. Out of good manners, there are some conflicts you will get into. Mm -hmm. Right? And so thus, what are you giving them? You're giving them your deeds. So it's motivating is good manners, but the result of what you've done is your deeds. Okay. So what are we saying in a simple sense? What is he saying? Okay. Focus on you when you're interacting with people. Not in a narcissistic way, in the sense that you must conduct yourself nobly. Okay. And how you conduct yourself is what you're going to leave them with. Good. Okay. Uh, let's go to the end of the section. So okay. yeah. Yep. Um, said Yahya ibn Mu'adh, bad character is a sin in the presence of which abundant good deeds are of no avail, while good character is a virtue in the presence of which many sins can do no harm. I feel like we might have already seen this. Um, it's it might very be. similar to yeah. some of the ones we talked about. And so, so this is the difference between a bad deed versus bad character. Mm -hmm. So bad character means that there's some rot inside of you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how many good deeds you do, it's not going to wipe away the rot. But you should work on developing good character. And good, and good, if you have good character, then it's going to override you know, any attempts of sin to cause rot. Okay. Ibn Abbas was asked, what is nobility? Which is karam. And he replied, that which God has mentioned in his mighty book. Okay. The book says, um, assuredly the most noble of you in God's sight are the most pious. Mm -hmm. And he was asked, what is good lineage? And he replied, the man with the best character has the best lineage. Okay. So this, I think, we almost might have touched mm -hmm. on before. This is a very famous ayah that people quote very often. So what is the way to have honor? Taqwa. Okay. doesn't matter how much you, how you dress. It doesn't matter how you, I mean, your dress is not going to dictate your honor. Mm -hmm. Your lineage is not going to dictate your honor. Your wealth is not going to dictate your honor. Your taqwa mm -hmm. is going to dictate your honor because you're going to behave honorable if you are a person of taqwa. But what about family lineage? It's going to be your character. Because here's what you see sometimes. You see some people from a super wealthy family and the kids are just brats. They think like they have no rules. Mm -hmm. But who are the people of good lineage? If the kids have good character. Because that means the parents raise them to have good character. That's true good lineage. So if you're someone middle class, lower class, and you're upright, you actually have better lineage than someone who is from upper, upper class, and their character is horribly bad. That's not good lineage. It may be money, but it's not good lineage. Okay, continue. It has been said that every building has a foundation, and the foundation of Islam is good character. Because that's pretty straightforward. Okay, continue. Mm -hmm. Said Ibn Atta, Yeah. Those who have reached high degrees have done so only through good character, the perfection of which has been attained solely by the chosen one. May God bless him and grant him peace. Okay. The nearest of all crea creatures to God are those who follow in his footsteps through assuming the traits of his noble character. Okay, so I think that is also straightforward. So we're saying a way to increase your ranking with Allah is with character. This is also interesting because at the beginning of the book, meaning at the beginning of this whole uh, Ghazali's book, 
Uh, the way to increase ranking is by attaining knowledge. Mm -hmm. So if you put both those together, knowledge should lead you to have better character. Okay, okay. any questions or thoughts? Mm -hmm. Pretty heavy-duty stuff still. Yeah. Okay, so on the Sharif edition, we are on page 92, and on the winter translation, we are have just yeah. finished page 14. All right. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين.